When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lots of good stuff from co-defensive coordinator, defensive backs coach Shadam Brown following yesterday's practice. Hear what he had to say coming up right after this. Game days in almost heaven. There's nothing else quite like it. The crisp fall air, the smell of the tailgates all around. The renewal of storied traditions while hanging out with friends and meeting new ones. That's a game day at Milan Pushkar Stadium, where the pageantry of college football and the Mountaineers are a way of life. Join us on game days. Buy your tickets today at wvugame.com. I didn't. I was not here in in uh, in, in body, but I was here uh, in spirit, and I watched every practice. Uh, through uh, our, our film system at home, so I did see everything. But uh, you know, we've got we've got a ton of new guys in the secondary across the board. Um, you know, starting out at corner, we got Wesley McCormick, who's a transfer from James Madison University, um, who's coming in, who's doing a great job uh, so far, picking up the schemes. I think the hardest thing to be uh, for a transfer to have to deal with is the acclimatization of how we do things. Um, uh, you know, in particular, running to the ball on defense and, uh, you know, how we stretch, just all the little nuances that you don't think about for a new player um, that they're, they're getting accustomed to. And once they get more comfortable and more confidence, it allows them to play fast. But uh, Wesley's doing a great job. Rashad Ajayi transferred from uh, Colorado State. He's another guy that's doing a great job. And those guys are coming along and they're getting better day by day. Uh, and you can just see the confidence. I always look at players when I look at their feet and how their feet move. Out on the field during plays, I can tell panicked feet means confusion. Smooth feet, smooth movements means confidence. And when you have confidence, that means you have knowledge of what you're doing and you can play faster. So uh, those two guys are doing a great job right now. And obviously, 
a couple of those freshmen that are out there that are new players, Mumu Ben Wahad and Jacoby Spales. Obviously, they're young guys. They're really talented, uh, are going to be great players, but they're, they're still in the development stages right now. Um, both Neil and Leslie have touched on the experience of the guys that you've brought in via transfer. Um, you guys are set to face a lot of good quarterbacks this year. Um, so how valuable is that experience when you go up against, you know, Quinn Ewers or Slovis or whoever you may face this year? Yes, well, we brought in the guys with experience uh, by design. And we felt like we needed some older guys because of the guys that, that uh, left the program. We felt like we needed some, some experience. And we went out and we got uh, two graduate transfer guys that have played a lot of football at their respective schools. Um, and I think it's, it's really um, <clears throat> where it'll pay dividends. We go uh, up the road up to uh, Pitt and play those guys in front of 70,000 people. Uh, you know, Rashad and Wes, they, they won't be nervous. Uh, as opposed to a young player who's never been in that type of environment, um, that's where the experience, fact, experience factor will really shine is in the big environments. Your thoughts on Charles Woods? Uh, I know you're going to have to put a lot on his shoulders this year. Yeah, um, Charles Woods is the best corner in the Big 12, in my opinion. Um, Charles is really steady. Um, sometimes practice for him is really easy because he's confident. And, you know, I always say it, you know, knowledge equals confidence, which equals playing fast, and he's got it. Um, he's improved his body. He's improved his conditioning. Um, you know, I think he can cover anybody in the country. Um, and he's, he's, the thing that he's done that I'm really proud of is he's grown from a maturity standpoint, and now he's becoming a coach. Um, I, can, I can correct uh, Charles on the field and then get him to go coach another player up right after that. That's where his growth has come. But I'm expecting a big year, and barring any injury, knock on wood, I think he's the best corner in the Big 12. Did what he do, what he did last year, kind of open your eyes? And you know, um, these guys from FCS, um, in the right circumstances, can be really helpful. Hungry guys, guys that want to prove themselves. Did that open your eyes a little bit? To you know, well, I coached at that level. You know, I cut my teeth in the, at the FCS level, coaching at at Wofford College, and I know there's good players at that level. But I think the DNA of West Virginia is blue collar, guys that are underdog mentality. Um, and guys that are coming up a level have that, that chip on their shoulder that they're coming from the FCS, so they have a lot to prove. And so those guys fit our DNA probably as well as anybody from the transfer market because of the DNA of the state of West Virginia in this program. And uh, so what, I'm, what I was surprised by is how quick it happened for him. But you got to remember, Charles was banged up in fall camp last year, and he missed a couple games early. If he would have had those reps – he would have been able to shine a lot sooner than he did. Uh, but about midway through the season, he got more reps. And I always tell him, make your reps count. All right, don't count your reps. Make your reps count. And he went out there and he flashed. Well, if you get any, anything close to that from the guys you brought in, and struck over you. Correct, correct. That's what, and that's what we're hoping. And those guys are cut from the same cloth. As we bring in transfers, um, one of the things, Coach Brown, and, and I've been involved with a lot of the secondary transformation, one of the things that Coach Brown is big on is, is the character and the right fit. And uh, we vet guys as much as we can and call and do our homework, and we want to bring the right type of people. And one of those, um, one of those key elements that I look for is the, guy, is the guy hungry? Does he have a chip on his shoulder? Is he coming here with a, with a purpose, or is he coming here to do us a favor? And if it's a favor for us because he feels like he's up here, he's not going to fit at this place. So I just bypass that guy and go on to the next guy.
last thing here, uh, OTAs, um, were you able to get those guys in? And I know you're going against air, but you're at least giving them the terminology and the things that they got to learn so that when you get out here, you're, you're repeating it or you're reminding them that, as opposed to explaining where to go, right? Yeah, well, OTAs has been really good. The, the, the tough thing about OTAs is it's not full speed, but you can get a lot of alignment and assignment. And for those young safeties, um, and the transfer guys we brought in and at Spear, Jasir Cox and some of those guys, where it's really good is they get to hear the calls, they get to align the formations, align and assign, but obviously it's not going full speed. So what you want is you hope that some of the knowledge sticks to where they can go and have a, have a further along baseline. Um, and we always talk about kind of pouring that foundation in fall camp. I think now with the OTAs, we're, we're able to start a little bit ahead of where we would have normally been, uh, which which allows us to do a little bit more. Is it showing up on the field out there? Are you able to get more things accomplished? Yes. The and it, the key points are when I coach or correct, they know exactly what you're talking about. They yes sir, because they've gotten those uh, those mistakes kind of out of the way in for, in terms of alignment assignment in OTAs as opposed to it being in fall camp. So that helps with the transfer portal where you guys are kind of moving on at least. That's an answer to help you guys because you really don't know your roster until probably the summertime anyway. It's the NFL model. That's why the NFL has OTAs. That's why they have minicamp because players are coming from different programs, different teams, and now you're inter intermixing all those guys and you're trying to get everybody up to speed on your schemes and on your processes. Well, you can't do that in fall camp. So those OTAs are very valuable. Hope, I hope that those are here to stay forever. John, if you go back for a second, what you said about feet, you think about corners, you know, you always hear about where their eyes are, and to see how their hips, you went to feet. Like, why is that the one? Well, your, your feet is going to take your body. Your feet, your transient mobile, right? So if a guy is moving around and his feet are panicked, that means he doesn't know where he's going. It's kind of like when we forget something at home, we go, oh, where am I going? And you're back and forth. We've all done it, right? But when you're confident in where you're going, you're smooth and you go A to B, that's what I look for in a DB um, when they're out there for the first time. You know, is their feet panicked? If their feet's panicked, I know they don't know. Okay, they need more coaching. If their feet is smooth and <clears throat> moving steady, I know that guy has knowledge of what he's doing and he can and he can play from A to B and make plays. So all the stuff I mentioned, eyes, hips, feet, you can't do a whole lot with that right now because you can't go full speed, full pads, you know, full tilt. Well, yeah, I can see those things as a, as, a as a measurable, but their eyes is every play they're going to put their eyes somewhere. We call that our key. They're going to have a key that now takes their feet to where they go. Um, and so their, their eyes and their feet kind of work together because my eyes tells my feet where to go, all right? But I know that if my feet's panicked, I know my eyes are bad as well because they're not in the right spot. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, one of the newcomers you haven't mentioned yet, and maybe because he hasn't kind of found a spot with Shelton, is kind of like kind of intriguing. He's big, and he has that kind of dual experience too. Mm -hmm. So Jalen Shelton's a guy recruited out of Tyler, Texas, uh, who just got here um, late in the summer. He had some academic things to clear up, but he got here late in the summer. So a lot of the OTA things that we've discussed, he missed all those. He got here um, about mid-July. So he had about two weeks and maybe three or four OTAs where the other guys had a total of 16, okay? So he was a little bit further behind. One thing he does, he has a skill set. 
You always hear me talk about it all the time. Any DB that we sign, I'm trying to find. I don't care if it's corner, safety, speed, length, and speed. And he's got length and he's got speed. Now, once he ties it all together in what we're doing schematically in our processes of where his eyes go and how to transition and use that speed and length, he's going to be a really good player for us. Um, but we're, we're meeting him at where he is right now and trying to give him extra meeting time and things like that to continue to get him up to speed. It'll take a little bit, but he does have the skill set to be successful. Man coverage right off the bat with him. Yes, and that's, and that's a key thing. You got to give him easy things to do. Hey, go cover that guy. And he can do that. Which of your newcomers do you feel like can help you on special teams? All of them. Every one of them. This year? In, this year. In, in this day and time, with uh, the way the, the climate is, I'm not a big believer in redshirting anybody. I want them to play. They come to college to play. I want them to play, and they're fast. Um, when you look at special teams, you want guys that can run fast and play in space. Every guy we brought in can do that. If you have a guy or guys that you're trying to bring along and teach them those basics, like say Jalen, do you worry about overloading them with teaching them techniques of special teams, or do you just say, hey, you got to put this in a separate bucket and help us here too? Yeah, we try, like you said at the ladder, put it in a separate bucket and, and use and because it. Special teams becomes more of, of speed and athleticism because so much space to play in. And so, uh, and that's a way to acclimate a guy as well. With young players, sometimes they get in on offense or defense and they could make a mistake and it really shines in a bad way, right? But on special teams is a way you can get a guy 10 to 15 snaps in a game to bring him along as a young player to get him more confidence again, because that confidence piece is so valuable with young players. John, you were leading tackling drills in that circuit. Today, yes. Right? Have you had a quarterback or a specialist who could tackle? Um, Sounds like you were. It's definitely not JT good. Daniels, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, Casey Legg had a, had a decent one today, but uh, that's always good for us to, to cross train. Coach Brown's big on that. And, and it gives those guys a chance, number one, to keep themselves healthy when they have to get in that situation. Uh, to make a tackle, and you never know it could change a game. Uh, if, we, if we give up a bad play on offense and we go get it down and live to play another snap, and, uh, you know, that's, that's something that we've th – the good thing is this, our kids take it serious. If you was out there watching it, there was no grab button around. Those guys were locked in because it's all important. And that, and that starts at the top. Can an Australian kid tackle? I'll wait and see. Sean, that's not like a throwaway period, though. It seems like it's something to keep things light. Like you said, they're taking it serious and they see a purpose there, too. Yeah, it easily could be a throwaway period. But I, I think what we try to do is we try to give them the answers to the test. And what I mean by that is we show them on video why. We show them plays uh, from practice or from other games that are across the country where there may have been an interception and an offensive skill guy pulled up on the play but if he takes the proper angle, he gets a tackle, gets it down, that defense has a chance to go out and get a stop, okay? Um, and so those, those are teachable moments, but if you can make it relevant to them, then they understand the why and why they're doing it. When you talk about Rashad and Wesley coming in, just, just what jumped out on tape when you guys started recruiting them? And, and what are you looking for them to bring this fall immediately? Yeah, well, the thing that jumped out, what I was looking for is ball production uh, in, the, in the deep part of the field. So can the guy play the ball in the air in the deep part of the field? Um, 
you know, those guys both had shown that ability at their previous schools. And that's something that I was really looking for. And then the second piece, I was looking for guys that had um, in-game experience. And so though, those things were checked in terms of those boxes. And uh, that's why they were, they were good fits for us. And they're going, and they're going to really help our, uh, help our football team. And they're good people. They, they are good people. Uh, let, me, let me add that because I'm always big on those guys have come into a new program and indoctrinated themselves. And if you got around them, you would have thought that they've been here for four years. That's the right transfer that we're bringing in. Development of Andrew Wilson-Lamp, where's he? Uh, Drew is doing a great job. Um, I think one of the things he did a, a great job in the offseason is changed his body, um, as well as he, he has grown so much mentally. He was a guy that was a wide receiver that moved over to defensive back. And last year was a lot of growing pains. And then um, this, this summer is going into this fall camp. His confidence is much higher. His knowledge of what we're doing is much higher, and uh, it's allowing him to, to play fast and, and make some plays. Uh, but I'm, I'm pleased at where he is as well. One of the longer guys you got, right? Yeah, he's, he's right around the 6'2 range. Um, I wish they all were that tall, but uh, he's, he's one of the longer guys. Jalen Shelton is a long guy, but um, he's long and he can run like the wind as well. You mentioned the weight gain there, and that seems to be a theme across the board. You need to be a bigger football team. I guess the, the concern is, is it what you look like today, you got to make sure you look like that November 10th or whatever. That's why we got a guy by the name of Mike Joseph. And uh, Haley, uh, Bishop, our nutritionist, that's what their job is, is to keep those guys uh, in tune with their bodies. And, uh, and I think it's just, I always say it's knowledge. You don't know what you don't know. And so what happens throughout the seasons, our bodies start to break down, which is a natural thing, right? You start to get less sleep. You start eating less. Well, if nobody tells you what to do, then you're probably just going to keep doing it. And you look up and you see a guy that was 190 today, and in two months he's 175. That's what you can't have. Flip it around. They say like, like Oklahoma or Texas, they're getting a kid that is comfortable with 290 and can stay there where you had to build somebody up to get them to 290. There's a, there's a different dynamic there, isn't there? Yeah, it take, and it takes time. Uh, you can't get a guy to, to, from 240 to 290, you know, in usually a year, yeah. um, which Asani Redwood is, is really almost there. But yeah. uh, he's one of the rare cases. But it's hard. It's a gradual. And Coach uh, Mike Joseph does a thing, what he calls goal weights for him. And the goal weight may be a 10-pound gain. Once they get to that, they keep that on for a year. And then they reassess the goals the next year and see if they can gradually gain the weight. But we've had some guys that put on, you know, 10 to 15 pounds. And it's mainly your, your true freshmen and your guys that are junior college transfers. That's the ones that you see the big jumps because they're getting the nutrition and, uh, and the things down in the, uh, down in the weight room that they didn't have at their, at their previous place. And the idea is, is, is for particularly the running game, uh, running the ball and uh, stopping the run, right? Yes, you got you got to be strong on both lines of scrimmages and and as as well at, at the second and third level. You know, with linebackers and DBs on the defensive side, we're as much involved in the run game because we. What I like to tell the guys all the time: DBs are there in the run game to negate big plays. Right? If we can get plays down for a six-yard gain, it's not a fifty-yard gain, right? And so that takes strength to tackle the the, the big running backs in this conference and. Uh, 
I think we're we're going in the right direction. If you look at us out there, we look like a we look like a better football team on the on the hoof, and uh, I think that's a step in the right direction. What uh, what Jasir did at North Dakota State, how transferable is that to what you're trying to have him do here? Very transferable. He's played multiple spots. He's played inside the box. He's played outside the box. Uh, we're playing him a little bit uh, out of the box some and letting him play deep. Uh, that is something that we felt like he had the skill set to do that maybe the scheme at North Dakota State didn't lend him to do. Uh, but he has a natural skill set. He is a really um, heady player, um, and he can slip and move um, and not get blocked at times and torque his body. He's just got a knack for wiggling through and making plays, and that's what you saw on tape. And he's very active. He's another kid that's a, that's a great kid. Uh, yes sir, no sir, easy to coach, and uh, he's been a he's been a great uh, a great kid as well. You talked about some of the, the, the jumps his players make and how they have to want it hungry and all that. His brother has to be a pretty good model. Have you talked about that at all? Uh, no question. Uh, you know, his brother was was at North Dakota State and transferred his last year to LSU, and we ended up being I think I don't don't quote me, but I think a third or fourth round draft choice uh, to the Dallas Cowboys, and I think that was a uh, eye-opener for Jasir to see, hey, if I go to the next level and perform the same way, I may have a chance to play uh, on Sundays. And that was, you know, the, the, probably the, um, the reasoning for him wanting to leave a uh, national championship program. But um, he's brought some of the intangibles from, from that place as well. You know, when you win national championships, there's a reason why. And, uh, you know, work ethic, being humble, being on time, being coachable, effort you know he runs to the football he's never standing around those things are in his dna uh, that he brought from his previous destination and and it's going to help us as well because all those things rub off on on the on young players when you were evaluating a player to decide he's ready to play you know it's time to put him in the game how much of that is what you charted in practice what is graded as productivity there how much of this field? You're watching that guy. He shows up. He's always around the ball, like you said. What's the balance there? Well, I think you look at the guy that can make plays, okay, and make pr production, whether it's tackles, interceptions, uh, uh, pass breakups, those types of things. But then it also comes down to um, who has the knowledge. You know, does he know what to do that he's not going to get us beat? Um, and so – as we evaluate players, it's number one, who can make plays? And sometimes um, it may be a younger guy that doesn't know as much, but if they have a lot more production than a player that, that maybe knows everything but doesn't have production, we got to play the production. And uh, we, we give them feedback. We give the kids direct feedback and try to make sure that they know exactly where they are and where they can improve. So we've always had a couple of people in already talking. You know, they mentioned that one of the best attributes of defense is that they're going to be fast. Is that something that you would agree with in terms of what you think the best attribute of the secondary is going to be? Yes, fast, speed. You, you have to have speed. A couple things speed does for you. Speed erases mistakes, okay? Somebody misses a tackle, if you got good speed, you get it down. It's not a big play. Second thing. Well, things we got to improve, and we work on it, and we're charting it, is turnovers. When you have speed, if there's a ball that's tipped or overthrown, when you have speed, that guy can go track it. If you don't have speed, you can't get to it. So 
turnovers, all right, and eliminating big plays, what speed on defense can, can, really, can really help you improve in those areas. And that was Shadon Brown. The Mountaineers are off the field today. Uh, off the field activities taking place over at the Milan Pushkar Center. Uh, the team will be back out on the field Saturday and Sunday. Saturday's practice is going to be uh, some uh, hitting and um, more uh, physical work. Coach Neil Brown will be available to the media afterwards. And you will be able to watch that press conference on our official YouTube channel as well as our website, wbusports.com. That's today's Mountaineer Football Podcast. Thanks for listening.